1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And This is Thanksgiving week. We just had some pretty wild games on yesterday. You saw the Houston Texans uh, versus the Detroit Lions. You saw the Washington football team versus the Cowboys. Uh, you were supposed to see the Steelers and the Ravens, but that got postponed uh, until Tuesday. Now it is now moved until Tuesday, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, but first and foremost, just want to kind of break down some things that have happened. You know, we look at some of these games yesterday, and Alex Smith, man, I, I just got to say, if we're talking about giving thanks, Alex Smith is a guy that has to be counting all of his blessings. He has to be giving thanks every single day. The man almost lost his leg. He had 17 surgeries after breaking his leg. He shouldn't have been able to be back on the field. He was told that he would never play again. He was told that he might possibly never walk again. And he's out there starting in a professional football game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And not only starting, but he's winning. And he's putting up numbers. I mean, he had 300-something yards last week. He, had, he blew the Cowboys out yesterday. I mean, this guy is consistently defying the odds. And Alex Smith is one of those guys that I've always rooted for because you look at him, you look at his first few years in San Francisco, right? You know, multiple different offensive coordinators, multiple different head coaches. Everybody's calling him a bus. Everybody's saying, get rid of him. Harbaugh comes in, turns him into a winning quarterback. He leads his team to the playoffs. He wins in the playoffs. He gets hurt. Colin Kaepernick comes in, takes his job. Alex Smith gets traded, or he ends up going to Kansas City, leads Kansas City to the playoffs makes Kansas city a playoff team once again and gets hurt and loses his job to Pat Mahomes ends up getting traded to Washington goes to Washington. He's playing pretty well and he gets hurt. I mean, it's just this guy just, and it's just freak accidents. It's not, it's not little nagging things. It's not, you know, things that just happen. It's freak accidents, freak, crazy things that happen. And, he just keeps coming back. The resilience of Alex Smith is ridiculous. But now he is leading the first place Washington football team. Now, granted, you know, it's the NFC East, and a first place team means that you're still sub 500. But this is a guy who shouldn't be walking, it's a guy that shouldn't be playing football, and he's defying all the odds. If you talk about comeback player of the year, that is the definition of comeback player. Comeback Player of the Year. Alex Smith is a guy that if you do not have him in your Comeback Player of the Year conversation, do you even watch football? So as we get into that, as we look at Alex Smith, we look at things to give thanks about, right? As we stay on the topic of the Washington football team, you got Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera coached this season going through cancer treatments. He was diagnosed before the season started. He was, he was there at halftime, getting halftime IVs, going through chemo treatments during the season. A couple weeks ago, he was able to ring that bell. Ron Rivera is now cancer-free. That's huge. That's huge for somebody to go through that and to be able to still perform their job at a high level. There's a lot of people out there that, aren't able to get out of bed. There's a lot of people that aren't able to, to walk and, and to move and to, you know, go through the normal daily functions. And, you know, my heart goes out to him. My heart goes out to everybody suffering. Obviously, I'm sure that we all have somebody that's affected by cancer, but somebody that, that has been affected by cancer. So, you know, just take a moment for that and, and to recognize that. But we look at, you know, things to be thankful for. You know, obviously, 2020 has been a crazy, crazy year. 2020 has been a wild year. I mean, you've got record number deaths because of COVID-19. You have a government shutdown. You had an election year. You have, you know, all these things that are happening. You have football, which is played with no fans in most stadiums. You had basketball that was played inside a bubble. You had baseball that had a shortened season. Yet, people are still persevering. People are still pushing through. People are finding ways to adapt. I'm sure that some of my listeners here are finding new things about themselves, about their families, the things that they didn't know, things about their jobs, their careers, that they may not have known that they wanted to do or that they thought they wanted to do or that they were happy doing, and they've made a decision to make a change. I know people that I work with in my everyday job. I've had a lot of people change careers because, said, you know what, this isn't what I wanted to do. And this time with my family has proven to me that there's more out there for me. You know, we have a lot to give thanks for. There's a lot to obviously think about. There's a lot to, you know, that we could sit there and and mope and, and be sad and say, well, you know, we can't do this. We can't do that. I'm sad. I can't go to Disneyland. You know, me and my family talk about that all the time. Where we just want to go to Disneyland, but there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture out there that, you know, that we're not getting. And I think that that's the biggest thing is that people are starting to see it. And as we continue to progress, as we continue to move forward, we're going to keep seeing that. You know, one of the things that I talk about is looking around the league, there's a lot to be thankful for. You know, as a Raider fan, the Raiders are sitting at six and four, and yes, this is the same position that the Raiders were in last season at six and four. But it's a lot different. You know, last year at six at six and four, the Raiders are putting up seventeen points here, twenty points here, maybe a thirty-point game. This is an offense that is consistently putting up thirty points a game. You've got a running back in Josh Jacobs who is dominating the league. You have an offensive line that it doesn't matter who is in that spot. They're dominating their opponents. You had a third string tackle starting at left tackle, and he did not allow a sack in Brandon Parker. You've had a you've had a backup guard this whole season and Denzel Good. And nobody knew the difference. You've had your right tackle out since week one. And nobody's known the difference. That's credit to, obviously, the Raiders organization, to the players on the team, but also to Tom Cable. You know, me as a Raider fan, I'm thankful for Tom Cable. I was one of the biggest critics, one of the harshest critics of Tom Cable coming back. You know, his record as a Raider, 8-8, eight and eight, not bad when he was a head coach. His comments, we're not losers anymore, his legal troubles in the past, his punching an assistant coach, you know, all those things are are things that kind of came up in my head where I'm like, ah, do I, do we really want to have Tom Cable come back? And obviously his first year, you know, we draft Colton Miller and Colton Miller got injured, but he played through injury and he had a rough go his rookie year, his sophomore season, he got better. And now, his third year in, he's a top tackle in the National Football League. When he's not in, Raider fans are like, man, we miss Colton. So yes, Tom Cable deserves all the thanks. Tom Cable deserves all the flowers right now, all the roses that he can get because of what he's done with the Raiders offensive line. If you look back at the 2016 team, Mike Tice had the Raiders offensive line dialed in. They were a big physical team. And that's what they've gone back to. The difference between the 2020 and the 2016 team is you've got a veteran, a grizzled veteran in Derek Carr. We saw that Sunday night against the Chiefs. You've got a more dimensional, multi dimensional running back in Josh Jacobs. You've got a one-two punch with Jacobs and Devontae Booker. The receiving core is arguably better. You know, Nelson Aguilar has stepped in as that number one receiver. And in fitting fashion, he has a number 15, just like Michael Crabtree, who was Carr's number one target back in 2016. So those are some things that you you can be thankful for as a Raider fan. This is a team that's on the rise. This is a team that teams are fearing. This is a team that teams do not want to play. You know, Chiefs fans were up in arms because of a quote-unquote victory lap. And then after they, lo- after they win by four points, they're visibly shook. They're still talking about the game because they know they got lucky. So Raider fans, that's something to be thankful for. NFL fans, you got stuff to be thankful for. Cowboys, not you, you guys not so much. You know, Bronco fans, you guys not so much. But there's a lot to be thankful for as, as Raider fans, as football fans, as fans of sports. We have sports right now. You know, the period where there were no sports, the period where you're sitting at home watching old games, watching highlights of, of reruns of Super Bowls and Last year's games because there was nothing on. Watching soccer overseas, whatever it was. Those days are gone. You've got football on TV. You got basketball coming back. There's a lot to be thankful for. So that's that's what we're going to get into today. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I'm going to bring in my buddy uh, in a few minutes. But first, I'm going to take a quick break
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to help keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, guys, we are back and I have with me a good friend of mine, somebody who I've joined his pod got him coming on my pod. Now I've got Alan styles from the styles files. You can find his podcast anywhere. Major podcasts are found. It's a good listen. Make sure you check it out. Alan, what's up, man? Happy Thanksgiving. Kenny, happy Thanksgiving, man. Thank you for, for having me on the show. I right, man. great, great to have you, you know, obviously, Um, I got to join your pod and we talked a little bit about football before talked about the Raiders. You've been a Raider fan. We have that connection, right? Where Mm -hmm. Raider fans from the Bay, we live out here in in the Concord area, went to school in in Philadelphia. Uh, You know, so we've, we've dealt with a little bit of the culture shock of the change. Um, But you know, you're back in the Bay now. What's up, man? What's going on with you? Not too much,
0: man. You know, um, on this grind with you as well and in a, in a different ish direction if you will you know but just trying to um like you like you talk about be thankful for for the current situations but right now i i got the styles files as as i've had for a while we'll get into the 95 7 competition later but um needless to say that podcast is wrapping up so i was doing and then i have my uh believe in the long ball baseball podcast as well so i was at three for a while. Now, you know, the South ball's never goes away. There's no real cadence to it. So now I'm down to two, um, but only one in the Believe in the Long Ball that I'm doing weekly. But, you know, besides that, we've got the nine to five, which, which pays the bills. So at times like this, like you talk about, it is nice to be thankful for a situation where it's like, look, you can dive into things that you do love to do. But at the end of the day, you're fortunate enough to have something that does pay the bills and look at it in that way versus, uh, I don't even like doing this or whatever the case may be, because you always have it better than somebody else. But yeah, man, I just been grinding, trying to,
1: trying to keep this thing rolling, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked about that earlier. I talked about, you know, giving thanks for that. And, you know, a lot of people, I was saying that a lot of people that I work with, or a lot of people that worked with me in my office, this time that we've spent working from home in the pandemic has allowed a lot of people to focus on what's really important in their lives. You know, is the career that you're in the most important? Is it, is it what makes you happy? Because there's a lot of people that are, you know, that, are, that have been stagnant in jobs. There's a lot of people that, you know, have been wanting for a reason to get out of those jobs, and now they have reasons and they have the means to do so. And so, you know, a lot of people are able to make moves and a lot of people are able to make changes. And so the fact that you're out there juggling and getting this and and working and and doing things that you love, those are things that we want to be happy about. Those are things that we want to be thankful for because we're making our passions a reality, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't start a podcast because we just like to hear ourselves talk. I mean, obviously we like to hear ourselves talk because that's why we do it. But we have something that we want to share with somebody else. And most, most of the time, I know for me, it's because my significant other does not like listening to me talk about the Raiders 24-7. Right. You know, she's, she's a Niner fan. Uh She okay, could care well, less about yeah. the Raiders, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she could really care less about how many completions Derek Carr had or how many sacks Max Crosby had or you know the league bias against the Raiders. You know, right. She'll sit there and support me and say that's um, that's great, hon. But at the end of the day, she doesn't care. So for us to be able to get out there and share this with somebody else, that's that's why we're doing this. Yeah, I, I completely
0: agree. And I was talking earlier with you know uh, the other contestant uh, who, who who didn't win, and that's the thing: the oversaturation, I would say, of podcasts can be seen as a negative but only if you want it to be, right? There is still uh, a testament to technology and w- how we're moving in the world. And just the fact that people have an outlet now, you don't necessarily have to do everything to I'm gonna be the next uh, Joe Rogan or something like that because the chances of that happening aren't very high. That That's just right. the truth. But if you enjoy doing something, you should continue to do it. I think that it's interesting that there's only certain hobbies that, ask the question well why are you doing this right like when you go when I play pickup basketball or anybody who plays pickup basketball nobody and maybe I don't know because it's exercise or whatever the case may be but nobody would ask you well why aren't you why are you playing that you're not going to go to the pros you're 30 right. you know like nobody would ask you that question but if you do anything more creative like doing music uh, doing a podcast, anything like that. Like I did stand-up comedy one time, only one time, I, and uh, I thought it went well, but I even found myself asking my, myself that question because people were like, oh, you're doing stand-up now? Like, well, what's the plan? When in reality, these things can be
1: hobbies, it's okay. If you enjoy yeah. doing it, just do it. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, <laughs> you it's, you hit the nail on the head. Pick up basketball, doing a podcast—all those things are, are hobbies that make you happy. That, that that's kind of your your way of euphoria, right? Some people mm-hmm. some people drink beer, and some people decide to do a podcast. Some people do a right. podcast right. while drinking beer. Exactly. Some people Do a podcast on beer, right? <laughs> so, and Well, everybody, everyone wants to brew beer now. Nobody asks, "Hey, are you trying to start your own brewing company?" It's like, no, I, I just be like the next making Henry beer. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So you know, I wanted to I wanted to talk about uh you know our last conversation about the Raiders you know go, we, this was going into the season mm-hmm. and you know I told you I said Derek is focused I said Derek is a guy who is going to prove a lot of people wrong and I kind of talked to you off the ledge right I you did to you, you did you you were standing there teetering on that ledge like am I a car fan or am I a car hater and you know, I have done this to a lot of people and I've, I've had these conversations with a lot of people and, you know, this is one of the things where I, I never really wavered in, in my faith on this because I, I knew the guy has it. I knew the guy just needed that extra bit of help, which everybody needs. And, you know, obviously people say, well, if you add a top receiver and this and that, and, well, yeah. I mean, if you give anybody a top receiver, look at Kyler Murray with De- Deandre Hopkins. Right. But, you know, going back to that conversation, I mean, what, what are your feelings on, on the Raiders right now? I mean, we're sitting at six and four. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same position we were in last year, same position we were in last season, but this team for me, it feels way different. It feels like a much better team. What do you think?
0: Yeah. And it is really crazy that they were in the same position last year because the, the, the vibe was just completely different. I feel like last year to your point, but first of all, you definitely talked me off the ledge and It's funny, and we'll get into, uh, the only reason I bring up the competition now is because it took so long, I think I counted seven months, that I had Raiders, like Derek Carr hater takes, ready for the finale at the time (laughs) in March. And by the time it ended up happening, I'm like, oh, I got to delete this now. He's balling. But that was all (laughs) before we spoke as well. And it, it was funny to look back at everything. I was going through my notes in my phone. I'm like, well, that didn't age well. That did. That really didn't age well. But Looking at the the Raiders, what they're doing right now, is just an exciting brand of football. It's just extremely exciting. You brought up Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals might be the most exciting team in football, and I'm probably biased because uh, Kyler Murray is basically my height, so I'm just envisioning not playing baseball (laughs) and playing football, but... Um, I, the Raiders aren't far behind them. It's just exciting, man. And sometimes you wish he was less exciting, you know, on the defensive end, but offensively and even defensively, you know, we, I see everything that gets said about Jonathan Abram and he is electric in all facets of the word, all facets Mm -hmm. of the word, but you love what he's able to do. You talked about Max Crosby. He needs to start getting his flowers and I think he will. It just takes Raider players, longer to get to get their flowers time. than everyone else huh oh, a little bit more time I mean look at Cleo Mack he didn't get his flowers until he got traded exactly exactly so the def- defensively they're coming together Damon Arnett you know he he's he's going to be a baller as well and offensively what we've been seeing from the analysts and things like that is this Gruden offense and Derek Carr has just really been clicking and I think the reason we Raider fans that weren't as smart as you were were getting worried is because after that injury, you know, Derek just didn't look the same, but again, going back to being a human. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to take, I'd like to look at John Carlos Stanton's numbers after he got hit in the face with a pitch, you know, they probably went down a little bit or at least the inside pitch because he's like, uh, you know, I'm, (laughs) I kind of have these bad memories of that. So Derek has clearly moved, past uh what he's gone through what's nerve-wracking for me is I hate hearing I love hearing the Raiders you know their strength of wins have been very strong we know they beat the Chiefs before they beat the Saints we know it's been very strong I hate hearing they have one of the easiest schedules for the rest of the season because we Mm -hmm. know any given Sunday anything can happen so to me I just see a bunch of trap games like any game could be a trap game some of them you're more worried about than not I mean the Falcons are pretty much in every game uh they're not they're not necessarily rolling over the Jets I I could you know I don't want to jinx anything but I'm let's just say I'm less worried about them the Colts is, is will be legit then you get um the Chargers Dolphins will be another good game and then the Broncos so they have a couple trap games but I'm actually glad they're playing the Colts and the Dolphins because that's going to keep them on their toes. You just know that they're actually sandwiched in between some "quote unquote" trap games. And the good thing is, the those trap games, the two of them, are divisional opponents. So it's kind of hard not to get up to play those guys. So really, Falcons and Jets, you could be a little bit worried about. Um, I'm I'm I might be more most worried about the Falcons um, out of all the quote unquote trap games left but how they're playing it they're rolling right now man to see Derek um do his dolphin jump and he's getting he's <laughs> running a lot more we've been hearing he's supposed to run it's beautiful to see he's uh, you know he is um taking plays and pointing out run there run there and it's like dude who is this guy right and yeah. it's funny because last year yeah, and people will say, oh, we live rent-free, fee- rent rent-free. No, you don't. But I'm going to call it like I see it. Last year, everybody would have taken Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr. Yeah. I don't know what camp I would have been in, but it's it sounds – it looks ludicrous to to say that right now because it's
1: not close. It's not close. Well, and here's – I mean, here's the thing. Two things I'm going to touch on. Uh, first, you know, you talk about the Falcons, you know, potentially being a trap game, and it, the Falcons, obviously, I said that they're probably one of the best teams with a losing record that I've seen. Them and the Chargers are mm-hmm. two teams that 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 are scary. I mean, you look at you look at Justin Herbert in in LA, and he's a guy that can just light up the field. I mean, it came down to the final play of that game. You look at the you look at the Falcons, and yes, Julio's out, or Julio might be out. Todd Gurley's out. But you've got Matt Ryan, who has led his team to a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP. He's consistently a top passer in the league. This is a team that can still make noise. And the defense, led by Raheem Morris, is a top 10 defense.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, those guys can bang. you got Grady Jarrett out there that can get to the quarterback. you got Keanu Neal who can make some plays. And so there's guys out there that can make some plays. So I would be more concerned, though. Talking about this, I'd be more concerned about a trap game if we had beaten KC. Yeah, that's a good call. Because if we had beaten KC, then you're riding high. You swept the Super Bowl champions. Kansas City is now 8-2, and two, right? You're talking about this, right? You beat them. Then you go into Atlanta. Ah, Falcons only won three games. We're okay. Now the Raiders are like, shoot. The AFC as a whole... It's a tough race, right? You got, the, you mean, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Browns, the, the Bills. These guys are out there and these teams are neck and neck. And so the AFC is a tough race. You can't, you can't rest. You can't sleep on any team. You got the Falcons. You got the jets that want to pick teams off. They're not going to make it. So they want to play spoiler. So that's one of the things I feel, feel a little bit better about. Um, you know, Jonathan Abram, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, you talked about, he's getting a lot of flack, unnecessary flack. He blew coverage. It was quarters. He stepped up. He blew his coverage. What people fail to realize is that Jonathan Abrams practically playing his rookie season, right? He came out, he played one game against the Broncos, went out, had shoulder surgery, was out for the season. He's playing his rookie season practically. And really doesn't have any help. Eric Harris, I love Eric Harris as a player, as a person, but as a starter, he's not that guy. You know, he's a guy that can come in and make plays. He's a guy that can come in and and be a second team guy. He's a great special teamer, but he's not a starter. And so you got Abram back there doing it on his own. And so I give him a little bit more of a pass than I would if, say, an Earl Thomas was back there and Earl Thomas blue coverage. Right, right, right. And so those are some things that I look at. And you look at this defense, and obviously we need a lot of help. And I don't think it's the players. You know, I think for me, it's it's coaching. You right. know, you, you look at the top. You know, the, the Raiders coaching staff, I, I like the secondary coach. Jim O'Neill has done a tremendous job. He's got a young group. And Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett are out there banging. And Jonathan Abrams playing well. And Isaiah Johnson's coming and played well. And Nevin Lawson, even though he, has, he hasn't he has had a pick ever since he stepped foot on, on the NFL field, he's still playing well. But Paul Gunther is not putting guys in the right position. Yeah. He's not putting his defensive players in a position to continuously make plays. And that's the issue. The Raiders went into a prevent defense that last two minutes of the game. So, yeah, we could talk about Jonathan Abram blowing coverage in quarters. But let's talk about the 70 yard drive that they allowed because they're in a soft prevent defense when you have two press corners. Those yeah. are some those are some takeaways that I have. But we talk about players getting flowers. One player that doesn't that hasn't gotten the flowers that he deserves and probably won't until he gets 10 sacks is Cleveland Farrell. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Farrell was clearly missed in that Kansas City game the Raiders could not stop the run. And while Cleveland Farrell doesn't get the sacks that everybody wants because he was drafted fourth overall, Cleveland Farrell is a major force on that defense. And I think that Raider fans need to acknowledge that and need to realize that, hey, this is a guy that you can build a team around. He's a Justin Tuck, which I think I said on your pod. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I believe you did as well. And, And the thing is also, you can't have it both ways, right? You want these electric plays, but Jonathan Abram is too much. But right. then you want more from Cleveland Farrell, but he is doing things that don't, you know, jump out and make the highlight real. So you have to appreciate these guys for what they are and what they bring to the table. And to your point about the defense, honestly, man, it reminds me of when you talk about uh, us being in, in Philly. Temple University. Right. So we lost. So our baseball team, we lost uh, the program. I think it was the year after I graduated. So 2014. And it was so interesting because we were not very good at all. Like our record. And, you know, they say you are what your record says you are. Our record was not very good. It just wasn't. But when they said they were canceling the program, that allowed everyone still there, obviously I'm done, but I'm just like still hitting up my boys, that allowed everybody the ability to transfer if they wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the seniors stayed, of course, but most people tried to, to get on out of there. So we weren't that good, but when it was time to transfer, Everyone was able to go to division one schools. Some of them got signed. Some of them got drafted, but collectively for some reason, we couldn't figure it out. Now I'm not going to sit here and blame the coaching. I think it was more of just a culture thing as a whole with our field being, you know, 40 minutes away. It was just different, (laughs) but the, but that's part of the, the problem. It's like, okay, we clearly had talent, right? And especially when you're talking Atlantic 10 baseball, it's not like the, the, the levels of difference aren't as, aren't not that much of a difference. It's not like we're playing SEC p- players and things like that. Right. So it, the, the talent was there. We just couldn't put it together. And I say the same about the Raiders. There's something missing, and it's easy to blame the players, but the players aren't the ones deciding where they're supposed to be.
1: Exactly. And I think that's a good time for us to take a quick break. I mean, when we come back, we're going to get into that a little bit. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Because right now, Derek Carr is absolutely dealing the football, making it a shootout every single game. You're gonna need four quarters of energy. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power you through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those that watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So, looking, you know, looking at the defense, I think we're pretty much in agreement that there needs to be a coaching change. Now, I'm looking at this this matchup on Sunday, right? I'm looking at the Raiders versus Atlanta, and of course, Atlanta just fired their head coach a couple weeks ago, Dan Quinn, who's a great defensive mind, and he's obviously on everybody's short list for a defensive coordinator position, but I'm looking at the guy that replaced him, Raheem Morris, and here's why. Raheem Morris is a young, great defensive coordinator. He's a guy that can get in there with the players and get in their faces and motivate them. He's also a guy that has worked under Gruden's staff. So when Gruden was in Tampa Bay, he came in as an assistant under Monte Kiffin. He already knows how Gruden works. He knows how Gruden Gruden operates. He's a guy that I would want to have come in because he's going to put in that effort. I don't see Paulie G putting in that effort. What do you think? It it doesn't seem like it. And you know, it's
0: not a good look when his press conferences after losses or whatever, continue to make their way all over social media. There's just, it doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency or, um, hey, we should have done, or, or any accountability. You know what I mean? And that's the most important thing. And as former players, it's like, if you are not, if your coach is not able to say, hey, that one is on me, then it, that disconnect, man, it, it's it's not good. It's not good because then it's it's more of like a parent kid situation where, you know, we all had the parents that are like, even when they were wrong, it's like, well, I'm the parent, so I'm right. And it's like, right. I get it, but these are not, this is not a kid parent situation. These are grown men and they wanna be able to respect you. And sometimes it's not, it's not about always being right or um, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's about, look, I need to look in the mirror and figure this out. And if you don't want to figure it out, then like you talk about, we're going to bring in somebody that's willing to figure it out because there are too many opportunities out here for something to be so glaring as in the Raiders defense. And it feels like we talk about the same thing every year, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. they just haven't been able to get over that hump. They continue to draft guys. And like we said, the drafts haven't been that bad because they, they can, they make it, they make it, uh, they make it around like, and maybe they gave up on it too young, but I saw Carl Joseph on the Browns. You know, oh. he looked, he looked pretty decent to me. I don't know. So
1: there's, there's just a disconnect. I feel. Those are things that always bug me, right? You see Carl Joseph playing well, you see PJ hall down in Houston playing well before his injury. You see Shelby Harris playing well, Jihad Ward playing mm-hmm. well. I mean, these guys that the Raiders let go way too soon that are, that are playing well. Now, obviously, Mike Mayock made a hell of a trade when he got rid of Gary on Conley. The fact right. that we got a third for him, I mean, give that man his props. Yeah. But you look at some of these guys and you're like, man, if we had somebody that just could have taken some time with them, it would have just worked with them. You know, we look at the defensive line and, and what we had under Brenston Buckner and Rob Marinelli, no knock on him, but why aren't we getting that? You bring in Malik Collins to be quote unquote, that guy. And Mo Hurst is outperforming him. Jonathan Hankins is outperforming him. Mm -hmm. And so those are the glaring things, where You need guys that, one, yeah, you can be a great coach. But if you don't relate to your players, if you don't hold yourself accountable, and that's the biggest thing, if you don't hold yourself accountable, players aren't going to hold themselves accountable. If, If I don't hold myself accountable with my kids, my daughter will call me out on it. She does all the time. (laughs) I mean, so those are, you know, those are big things, especially in in today's day and age where social media is prevalent. You know, you post something on social media, you post a clip. I posted a clip of Paul Gunther saying, I don't know how we can beat this team without without our full team. It took off. You know, so players see this stuff. Players interact with, they interact with the fans. They're interacting on social media. They're seeing everything. And so when they see their coaches saying something like that in a press conference you know, it, it, it definitely gets you. I remember I had a coach when I went to Benedictine college out of junior, out of junior college, I took a scholarship and went to BC out in middle of nowhere in Atchison, Kansas. (laughs) We'll have to, we'll have
0: to have you back on just to talk about your time in Kansas.
1: Oh, that's, I mean, if you want to talk about social injustice and all that, we can, that's a great, (laughs) great opportunity. But yeah, you know, to touch on it briefly, I was at practice and, you know, put it, put it this way. I was the biggest, fastest, strongest guy out there. I was a D one athlete playing at an NAIA school because one, they sold my mom on the fact that I'm not going to get any other offers. So she just made me jump on the first offer that I got. Mm-hmm. You know, how that is, you know, how moms. Yeah. Are. Yep. But I get out there and they had a scout from the Packers and a scout from the chiefs out there talking to the, talking to the head coach. The coach is telling the Packers and, and Chief Scout, uh, there's no guys out here that are NFL caliber. You're wasting your time. Now, there is about four of us that could easily. I mean, we had one guy that was a D1 transfer. Uh, he came from uni- University of New Mexico, tied in. Uh, he was a beast. Mm-hmm. And we had a quarterback who he could play. Uh, we had a couple guys out there that, that could probably make some noise. Right. And I overheard that. And that night I was on the phone with my dad and I said, hey, this coach doesn't have our back. He's not accountable. And he's going to put me in a position where I'm not going to succeed. I got to get out of here. That is unreal, man. And this is what players are doing now. This is what players are doing. You know, you see, you see stills over in Houston, mutually parted ways because he wants to play for contender late in his career you know, you've got guys that are asking to be released because they want to play for a contender or they don't believe in the coaching staff. And so, you know, it's, it's very prevalent in today's day and age that if I know that you don't have my back, I'm not going to have your back. And so that's, that's what players are doing nowadays. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's what they have to do. I mean, if you feel everyone should know what your your strengths are by the time you get to the NFL. And if you feel that Where you're being put in positions where your strengths aren't being showcased correctly. Now this is, now this is affecting your career because now the numbers aren't looking the way they should. Now they have a reason to not pay you because you haven't uh, produced the way they they feel that you should. And it's like, it's a short shelf life in the NFL for a lot of these players. They don't have time to mess around and have you talk about, Oh, we can't win a game and not believe in us when we we're all in the NFL. So it's just a bad look, man.
1: Absolutely. You know, speaking of bad looks and transitioning, and I hate <laughs> to use this transition, but right, right. You know, you were recently in the ninety five seven the game dream job contest and they went another direction. Now I, I I listened, I thought that you did a great job. You know, I've I've always been one to be a big supporter for you, try to, you know, get you, put you on anything I can, but I appreciate uh, I appreciate that, man. I really do you know what? We got to look out for each other. That's, you mm. know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I told you before, you know, brothers and brothers and sisters in media, we got to take care of each other. Right. You know, I mean, not even in media and anything we right. got to take care right. of each other. We, you know, we got to look out for, for each other was we all we got. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been a big supporter of yours, been listening to everything. Um, you know, tell me about the process, though. Tell me about the process of what happened, uh, what was going on. I know it got postponed and then put back on. Like, tell me about that process and what what really went down.
0: Yeah, man. So it, it was a wild ride. And let me first start off by saying there no shade. It's all love. You know, only one one person can win. And that's just kind of how it goes. But it all started innocently enough. My buddy who, you know, he came across, the, the contest. And he said, Hey, why don't you put in for this? So I would say probably around a hundred people or so put in their, their takes. It was just a recorded take that you submitted to them. Then they came out and said, um, and the timeline here is this is like mid February, early, mid February. So then they come out and say that, we're going to pick the top 16. And from there, we're going to have, um, like a live show to pick the final four. So, I get picked for the top 16, we go, we do the final show. That final show was, it was beginning of March. It was pretty spicy. It was to the point where certain people weren't shaking hands. There was clearly no masks yet because that came way later, but COVID was a thing, but it it just, nothing was shut down yet. But there are a couple people, hey, like I'm not shaking hands or whatever. We still got it in. We got it in and I get uh, selected for the final four. Then right, and then what was supposed to happen next is the finale was supposed to be the week after uh, on Damon, Rado, and Kolsky live in the studio the before you get whatever time with DRK and then we pick the winner. Mm-hmm. Obviously that is when the full, sh- I don't know if that's when the full shutdown happened, but that's when it started to get you know hotter in the streets and they basically said, hey, we're gonna shut this down. Let's see where we are in April. And you know how that goes, right? So right. after that, we get to may and once we got to may and it was like this thing is full blown here we don't know we got approached saying hey would you want to do a podcast uh for the station and we said yeah that sounds great um by that time one of the guys dropped out i think he just had some other things going on he's like i'm gonna step out so now it's down to the three of us so we get asked to do the podcast and I don't even know how it went like this because we all have computers, but basically I am very open about the fact that I do podcasts. I edit podcasts, this, that, and the third. So long story short on this, this part of it, we do our first podcast at three of us. I'm like, yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I'll edit it. Right. I guess I was I guess one of the other guys had a Mac the other guy did not or whatever the whatever the case is long story short I end up getting finesse into editing every single one so it was mm-hmm. once a week and to, to me on my end I was like you know what i'm the one emailing them every week at least they're going to see because that's the thing with with local radio anyway you have to diversify right only so many people are in cars so they're probably headed trying to head in that podcast direction and anyway we've talked to plenty of um terrestrial radio stations about that jason dumas from cron4news they're trying to do it too because that's just how it is i mean think about all the people that aren't driving into work right now a lot Mm -hmm. of it is just essential workers so how many people are going to choose their local station to listen online versus ESPN when you're just sitting at home and you got CBN? A. I don't know. I really don't know that breakdown. All I know is that a lot of it is based on I'm in the car, I'm throwing on my local radio station. That's how it's always been. So we get through the seven months and for a while, it just seemed like we were, you know, doing this pod, we weren't really getting any feedback. So, you know, something here and there. We get down to, then it was July, July didn't happen. And then it turned into, then in October is when they were basically like, hey, uh, we're gonna do this thing the day before Thanksgiving. We said, okay, cool. That then we kind of had a timeline that that things up a bit. And we did the, we did the finale, we, we you know figured it all out and it, the chips didn't fall where they may. I was told um, by several people that it was very, very close. What, what that means, um, we'll, we'll never know. Uh, and, and that's pretty that's pretty much it, man. I mean, I think the toughest part about it that I've been telling my friends and anybody uh, that'll listen really is not the fact that I didn't win, right? It, it, that's just kind of how it goes. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's two things. The first is the idea of, imagine the longest job interview ever yes and then not getting the job right um and i just felt like from a it was hard to tell what the podcast meant because i'm not gonna say that uh i didn't bring it on the day because i thought i did i don't really have any regrets you know i I think styles make fights and um i just you know they just liked what they heard from somebody else more but on a day-to-day base basis when you're talking about somebody who's going to be you know, ready to go and prepared. I mean, uh, Ray Ratto, I went first and Ray Ratto basically said that, um, I sounded, uh, like I was like extremely prepared. He sounded very prepared and I answered the questions that I was asked. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't really sure what to do with that. And he said that right on air, right, right after I went, so I can repeat it here if I want to. That's what he said. Right. So I'm not, I wasn't really sure what to do with that. The other guys go after me because we were sent, you know, questions that we would probably be asked. So you go, you don't go first. So now the the hosts have to ask different questions. So it's kind of like you don't get to flex a muscle that uh, nobody asks you to flex, right? So I didn't need to go off the cuff because I was asked questions uh, that I knew I was going to be asked. So that was that was tough, man. But I was told it was it was very close. They've uh, hinted at you know um, reaching out and and hopefully something comes of that. So obviously, like I said, it's all love. Uh, you, you never know how these things turn out but it was just tough, man. It was tough to not really know, to kind of feel like the podcast was a waste because it felt like they just really picked based on, you know, what happened on Wednesday. And then obviously it happening the day before Thanksgiving made the turkey not taste as good as it probably normally does. So I I licked my wounds for about two days and I'm starting to get back to the point where I really appreciate you letting me on and you know, you just got to get back on the horse. And that's where yeah. I was at. Overall, um, cool opportunity. It's just, you know, I keep telling people if it had happened the week after, I would, it would I would have not, it wouldn't have hurt as bad at all. But to see seven months, especially the fact that nobody else offered to edit the podcast, it kind of just became my thing. And I was kind of like, whenever we had to organize something it went through me. It's like, well, Alan can kind of make sure we're all there, whatever the case is. So that's why I was like, well, if it was that close, it doesn't seem like the other things that didn't happen necessarily in the finale, i.e. the podcast or you know, just the organizing the calls or the interviews and things like that, it didn't seem like that was taken into account at all. So that was what was tough for me because if it was that neck and neck, if it, if, if it was that neck and neck and that stuff was taken into account, I'll hold the L, gladfully, yeah. you know, but I just don't think it was. And we'll never know, man. We'll never know.
1: Well, I think that's the thing, right? You you talked about going first. And, you know, I've been with my wife for about 10 years now, like, or a full relationship. And mm-hmm. she loves, like, the voice in American Idol. And... Uh, You know, all those shows, the dance shows and stuff like that. And you're probably wondering, where the hell am I going with this? (laughs) But you could have the best singer go first. And whoever it is last, they're the ones that get the most views. They're the ones that get the most votes. They may not be the best. They may not be the most talented. But, you know, a lot of people aren't tuning in for the beginning. A lot of people are coming in right at the end. And those are the ones that get it. It's just like in a fight right in Mm -hmm. football it's not the guy that throws the first punch it's the guy that throws the last right and so those are the things that always that always stand out when we we talk about these contests because i mean you know they got the opportunity to to throw a counter strike and that may have been it there may have been a little bit favoritism and i can say that because i wasn't in the contest and i'm not an employee of the radio station and Mm -hmm. i could really care less um you know but you know, those are those are some of the things on that, but yeah, I, one nugget that I will tell you, yeah, is I had Woody Page on a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, from Around the Horn, right? And we were talking off of off, off the off the pod. We talked a little bit, and he was telling asked me what I do. Um, you know, I told him you know I have a day job and I do this and that, and I was like, you know, I got started into this media thing kind of late. And he goes, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I, I have a podcast, obviously. Um, I'm a co-host on a pretty successful um, full-time Raiders podcast and I've got a YouTube channel which has been taking off pretty well and I also write obviously for Just Blog Baby and he goes that's great he goes you know one thing that I will tell anybody getting started is do not work for somebody do it on your own don't work for a station don't work for a newspaper, freelance, be a contributor, be somebody who can come in on a contracted job and do something on your own because that's how you can grow because then you're not limited. I'm not limited to channel two news or I'm not limited to you know, 95, seven, the game. Mm-hmm. I can write for just blog baby. If I wanna go somewhere else, I can write for somewhere else. I'm, I'm a freelance writer you know with with blue wire i can pretty much do what i want within the constraints of what blue wire does but if i want to go on somebody else's podcast i can do that
0: right
1: you know if i youtube i do whatever i want on my youtube video i'm gonna yeah. tell every yeah. fan base how much i hate them
0: right and by the way your your
1: your uh, line about the chick-fil-a on sundays have me rolling <laughs> it to throw in no one. sense I try to throw in one that just, that'll stick with somebody like, you know, the Chiefs looking like hot dog condiments. Like, (laughs) because it's like, you know, I mean, here's the thing we look at, when we look at the top people out there, you want to emulate people that you either admire or people that are doing a great job. People that are out there doing things big time and being, being successful with it. You know, I, I'm not a big fan. I'm not as big a fan of Stephen A Smith as I used to be, Mm -hmm. but I like, I, I respect what he does he creates content. He creates things that make people talk. Now you may be seething and talking about it, but he creates that content. And I remember when I was a junior at Temple University, he came and spoke to one of my sports management classes. And he was still, I think he was still on around the horn and he was still writing for um, the Philadelphia newspaper. And he was still kind of, you know, new in the game. You know, he wasn't, who he is now he wasn't Stephen A. Smith he was just some loud dude that looked like a Muppet yeah. and he came and spoke to us and I got to talk to him I got to pick his brain a little bit And he was like just be you go out there and just be yourself and do what you're supposed to do like, okay well I don't know what that means but you know 20 years later here I am yeah and that's what you got to do I mean the the thing is you got to create your own voice you can't be anybody else's voice and i think that's the biggest thing that's the nugget that i'm gonna leave you with on that because if you go out there and create your own thing you got your podcast you know i mean heck running a running i would say running a podcast and, and editing a podcast yourself no matter how good of an engineer you are it's harder than running five fantasy football teams mm-hmm. because you're creating the content you're you know putting in the time to get the guests, you're putting in the time to make something engaging for people, something that not only you wanna to listen to, but people want to listen to and the people are gonna talk about. And that's you know kind of one of the things I try to do on my YouTube videos. It's like, yeah, I'm providing news, I'm providing updates, but what's gonna separate me from my boy Cody or what's gonna separate me from Samoan Raider or what's gonna separate me from the next content creator? Well, if I talk about how much I hate you, And guess what? That's going to get shared and people are going to talk about it. It's all about clicks and views. Right. And I don't really hate everybody except for the chiefs, but (laughs) I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, that's what we do. We got to, you know, you, you create that content and you, you create the stuff that that people want to listen to because we're not just here. Like I said, we're not just here to listen to ourselves. And that's what I'm thankful for is the, the fact that, you know, nowadays we have the ability to have these platforms. Because yeah. you didn't have it before. Before it was, well, if you're not on the radio, if you're not on TV, then you've got nothing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And first of all, thank, I want to thank you for that nugget. It, it it really does hit home simply because, and I think, I, I don't know if I had said, oh, the two things that, that made this hurt. But I know I said the first, and I don't know if I said the second, but the second was that when you don't get a job at well, you know, you, you applied to a job at Google and you didn't get it. And it was a really good job. It stings, but yeah. you know, there are other jobs out there. For me, when you think about like, what what do we have in the Bay Area? 95.7 and KNBR, like that's it. So from that standpoint, it was like, dang, I can't just wake up the next day and apply to another. First of all, I don't think I would ever do a competition again. My little sister is actually, um, been helping a lot because she did pageants for a long time and she's won she was miss Concord, she was miss san francisco but she's lost more than she's won that's just how it is and um, she's like look even when you think you've done really well when it's left up to people's opinions just take it all with a grain of salt and you just never know what's going to happen and so i've been speaking with her a lot about that because it's like it's out of your what do they always say control the things you can't control so um that's that has helped me a lot as well but that was the thing man like in a traditional sense of and when you talk about the different the different platforms and things like that a lot of times it's also about that credibility and it's like how can i get this credibility because like we talked about so many people are doing podcasts now but maybe it's not about looking for credibility or like hey since i'm part of this platform you should listen to me. It's just like, if the content, and that's just when I, me or whoever needs to look in the mirror and be like, if the content, if you make the content compelling enough, it won't matter that you are so-and-so from so-and-so because they just are listening because they want to listen or they're watching because they want to watch. So it is the wild, wild west these days with sports content and like i said anyone like my mom could make a sports podcast tomorrow she wouldn't know what <laughs> yeah. the heck she was talking about but she could she you know so it. yeah she could make one um so it's all about how can you uh, make yourself different and i think that you know that is something that i'm continuing to to kind of boil down right do i want to be the bay area person like and also 957 I mean I got to admit man I'm a Raider fan so so there I yeah. got I was I was happy to unfollow a good number of uh niner accounts that I simply had to follow just to be in the know you know what yeah. I mean now 957 if you're listening I will gladly refollow them but until then get off my timeline
1: no I I completely agree I mean that was one of the things for me is I I love some of the personalities on there and you know, I will say with radio, it's it's a cutthroat business. I mean, you can have somebody that the fans love, and you know, if it, they don't get the ratings that the radio station thinks that they should get, then they're gone. I my favorite my favorite show on 95.7 used to be Guru and Zachariah.
3: Mm-hmm. the
1: seven the seven to eleven the seven to eleven shift. I mean, those two would kill it. the 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 camaraderie that they had, the chemistry that they had they would bring it. And, you know, the fact that, you know, Guru's a Cowboys fan and Zach's, you know, a Bay area fan from Berkeley. It didn't even matter that Guru was a Cowboys fan. Like the the chemistry they had and they just get on there and, and, and bullshit the whole time and, and talk and, and have fun. And that's, you know, that's what a perfect pot is. Unfortunately it doesn't make for great quote unquote radio. Um, but that's what a perfect pod is. They just want to hear people get on and and, and shoot the shit. Well, and um, that's the thing, though. I would
0: even say in this, that's, that, and that goes to the whole thing of, uh, we talk about any given Sunday, and there's also just any given day when you're yeah. talking about these things. I don't know who was in that room, but, you know, you heard everyone. I had by far the most stats and information. Like, it wasn't even oh, close. Yeah. So it wasn't, apparently, that's not what it was about. Like, I focused on if I provide information or if I have an opinion, These are the facts to back it up. Nobody else did that. So apparently on that day to your, to your point that that's guru still at 95, seven. So you know what I mean? Like that, maybe that's more the vibe because nobody else had that information. And I thought this is going to be what sets me apart. You know, you can go back and forth and, Oh, it was, you know, what's more relatable or what wasn't. All I know is, you know, I don't think I would change too much, you know, especially like you said, given the situation of going first, I'm going to answer, the questions that I was asked. Um, but yeah, you just never know what somebody is looking for. So I think that the interesting thing too, that I found myself doing is that happy medium between looking in the mirror, like, okay, is there, are there things I could have done better, but also keeping in mind it's someone's opinion. I have people on Twitter saying they thought I should have won. They did calls. I think I had the most votes from the calls. So who knows, man, it's a, it's a, it's a, if, it's, if it was a flip of a coin, again, that's why it's a little annoying. And next time I'm, I, if I ever end up in this situation again of like a group project, I will not be the only one editing or doing anything. I think <laughs> that's for sure. But you, yeah. just, you just never know, man.
1: No, and you know what? That's that's huge. Um, but I mean, look, it was a learning experience, right? It was a oh, 100%. 100%. You got, to, you got to do something that a lot of people have never gotten to do you opened a lot of doors for yourself whether you see it now or not you opened a lot of doors for yourself you had constant communication with you know a lot of top names in bay area radio that goes a long way and those interactions go a long way and so you keep those doors open you know you you keep doing what you're doing you keep grinding Mm -hmm. and you know things are going to happen that's ties into being thankful for everything but alan man I got to cut this short because Mm -hmm. uh, we've been chatting for a while. Yeah, uh, no
0: worries, man. No worries. Sorry, I got a little long winded. No, man.
1: No, you're good. Um, But no, I definitely, you know, would love to have you back on again. Um, And I'd love to come back on your pod because I got some more stuff I got to talk about, obviously. Yes. Um, But man, uh, thank you for coming on. Let the listeners know where they can find you, social media and podcasts otherwise. Yeah, so the podcast, like Kenny said, Styles Files and
0: Believe in the Long Ball, both available everywhere. You get great podcasts if you're looking for something baseball related, the Believe in the Long Ball with my boy Orlando Razo, uh, we get it going over there. Then my personal one, like Kenny alluded to, uh, the Styles Files as well, uh, that one is more focused on you know interviews and me talking about whatever the heck I want to talk about, mostly sports related and social media. I am at the underscore styles files styles with an I on Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere
1: else. And not only does Alan have good sports takes, but he's got some good food takes. If you if you're into cooking, you're into food. Go ahead and check him out on Instagram. That's tough. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate you taking the time out, and uh, look forward to seeing you on on the timeline. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks again. Take care. All right, brother. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet online. Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. mypatriotsupply.com